Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a long-awaited episode of George Chilling Calcio. As always, I'm joined by Elliot. We're just going to jump right in. So, Elliot, take it away. All right. Uh, obviously, everybody's heard the news uh, <laughs> uh, from Bayern Munich. Uh, Julian Nagelsmann sacked a week before Dortmund and a few weeks before Manchester City. Uh, Bayern Munich currently only sit one point behind Dortmund in the title race, yet they decided to to, to ax him. Um, this this is obviously a story that is blind, blindsided about everyone. Um, Thomas Tuchel is the one who's going to be coming in. Um, I am I'm very rarely lost for words, um, but this is one of those instances where I can't even uh, you know I can't even process this entire um, escapade. And uh, it's, you know, uh, it's just, it's completely shocking. Um, uh, just, just give me your thoughts of, of this uh, situation and, and we'll wait. For, I mean, I think everyone's kind of shocked in the same way, but, but how you feel about the situation? Um, when I first heard the news, I'm like, this couldn't be true because obviously due to new rules at my work, you're not allowed to have your cell phone on your person. So you have to put in like your bag or your coat. So I come out during break, and I'm like, nah, this isn't true. So I Google it, and I'm like, what the fuck are they thinking? <clears throat> Especially when you have one of your main, like, title threats in Dortmund, like, uh, in a week. And then also you have Man City in the Champions League coming up as well. So it's like, you get rid of consistency for somebody who has to now readapt to a whole new team. But so it just it was it's just shocking to see how the events have unfolded. But I mean Julian Nagelsmann has been struggling with Bayern, but I mean that it, you can't expect perfection every single season. I mean, look at Juventus. They were title winners nine seasons in a row. And then they had that one season where Inter finally took the Scudetto from them. And it's kind of like that situation in my mind where they're just having one of those off seasons and it could end up being where Dortmund left the trophy for it finally. But it's just crazy to see how things have unfolded over in Munich. Yeah, I mean, the important thing is uh, Bayern are actually allowed to to expect perfection. Um, I don't have a problem with that. If if they don't win the league and they want to get rid of them at the end of the season, go. You know, do, do your thing. I mean, you look at Juventus, but Juventus had writing on the wall a few years. They had a few close calls. They 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 were in. They they narrowly won a couple of those on the end, pretty much from seventeen eighteen and the two times that Napoli pushed them close. Uh, a lot of the Juventus uh, titles from the from the back end were done based on the dysfunction of their closest competitors. Um, Bayern Munich, you know, in, in, in that stretch, they won zero Champions Leagues. Uh, in this stretch of titles, they've won two. Um, you look at what, you know, and obviously it was, it was going well. Everything was was popping. And then uh, they started to taper off a little. And then you, you saw – uh, Flick and the Nagelsmann come in and change the infrastructure. And you look at the influence and the impact 
of how everyone kind of uh, how everything was put together and the way they they were so dominant and they were they won the Champions League under Flake and they came close. Uh, um, they they were on the verge of coming close this season. They had uh, they have the of all the teams left in the Champions League, they have the least amount of defeats. Everyone else has lost more games. No one has scored more goals. Everything was going well. Now, if if you want to question. Okay, Dortmund's in first place. Why they're in first place? Why why are Bayern less uh, dominant this season than last season? Well, Robert Lewandowski um, retired. Um, I say retired because I, I don't I don't even I don't even uh, consider Barcelona a football club. So <laughs> anyway, he he just he just went into the abyss. We'll just say that. Um, but signing for corrupt Barcelona, nobody cares about them anymore. But, but all that. Um, so you, you you saw a 50 goal score walk out the door, and then um, so obviously up top they haven't been as good, but everywhere else they've drastically improved. And you can use any metrics you you wish to use. You look in that situation and, and everything they've improved in, in so many different areas. Uh, the question is why is Dortmund why why is there why is there a close net title race? That's the question that they need to ask themselves. Maybe Dortmund got better. Maybe. Leipzig got better. Maybe Freiburg got better. Maybe Union Berlin are having a historic season. Like it can't just be okay. Dortmund's in first place, so fuck. We're, we're just gonna sack him now. In the middle, there's only like nine games left. This is a title race down the wire. To make a change at this point of the season makes literally no sense. And you look at you look at bringing in Thomas Tuchel, a guy who's thrown away at one point had a nine point advantage at the top of the table with Dortmund threw that away and lost the title. He, the only time he's actually, he's won the champions league with Chelsea, but that was a little fluky. And then the only other things he's done other than, other than his early career is, is, is win a couple of French titles with, with um, PSG. All due respect to the other teams in that league, I could have won a couple French titles with PSG. So you look at everything that kind of connects for them to make this, this decision now, it's it's a lack of awareness because you're not even you're not even um, looking at why this is happening. Why is it close title race? If you look at around the league, it's clear why it is close because maybe the other teams got better. I mean, this is uh, I, I don't know for sure, but this could be the beginning of the end of Bayern Munich. And again, Bayern Munich will always be a big club, but I, I you know the dominating the dominating years of Bayern Munich could could fade. A little because I think this is I, – I'm trying to think of a more ridiculous uh, uh, footballing decision um, over the last decade. I can't think of one. I think this is – this is just – I mean, to do this now, you got Man City with Erlen Holland who just scored five goals in the Champions League. Again, Bayern are built to beat them. But to, I just don't get it. You look at the team. You look at how he's improved them. You look at Jamal Musiala and the steps he's taken from last year to this year. He's probably the player that – I mean, I don't know. It's so close with him and Brandt, but but he's probably the player of the season this season. And you look at everything that's kind of connected to that and and the way he's improved the squad. He's got uh, Eric uh, Chepomoting scoring 17 goals this season. It's not his fault that Lewandowski left. But he's improved in every other aspect of the team. This is the close title race. But to do, I, I just, I'm just, you know, it's it's just hard for me to understand that. 
on the flip side, every job in the world will be available to him in summer. Um, whether it's, I don't know, but, but Chelsea, Chelsea seems like the obvious one with uh, Nkuku, his boy, going to be signing there in the summer. You look at Chelsea, you look at, I don't know, will Liverpool do them, but maybe Liverpool make that decision. AC Milan need to make the decision. Will they? I don't know. Inter need to make that decision. Uh, will they? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but you look at Atletico Madrid, Diego Samuel is leaving Atletico Madrid. Carlo Angelotti could leave Real Madrid. There are so many jobs for him that he's in the forefront of. He's going to get. He's going to be paid out the rest of his contract by Bayern Munich, only for them to fucking throw away everything. They could have won the treble. I, I just don't get it. It makes no sense. The only people who think it makes sense are people who do not watch football. <laughs> so I just, I just don't get it. Yes, Tuchel won a, a Champions League with Chelsea. This is different. You're going to have the pressure of beating City. Chelsea was the underdog of almost every game during that stretch other than Porto. So you look at I, – I just don't understand. And I love Bayern. I love the, the, the culture they created. I love the infrastructure they created. And what they built under Flick and Nagelsmann has been exactly what they needed. And it's just sad to me for them to throw all of that over this. It's just – I don't know. Part of me thinks they're so petty that – um that their former player beat them last weekend. So they, they just said, fuck you, see you later. <laughs> but it, it's just, I, I just, I don't have the words for it. You, you look at Nagelsmann and the work he's done in his career. He's one of the best managers in the world. Everybody, if other than Man City, I think anybody would sack their manager for the, for him. That's how good he is. He is he is the future of, of, of this, you know, of a, a top manager. He's going to be the best manager in the world before we know it. And for them to, to do this um, to him, I think is ridiculous. I don't, I don't, I don't know anybody who would not switch out their manager for him. I would, you know, I'm sure you would. I, I'm sure anybody who doesn't support Man City or Real Madrid would do that. So, I, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just a, it's a total mess. You're talking about a guy who took Hoffenheim from 15th to third to fourth. Nobody else in the in in world football probably could have done that. I know that was many years ago, but to bring in Tuchel, again, nothing against Tuchel, but I'm, I've, I, yeah, again, no words. Yeah, definitely no words at all. I mean, it doesn't make sense, especially now that we're getting in to the, the literally the end of the season. And it's just like, what are you doing? So literally, you're jeopardizing everything with only nine games to go, just because things haven't gone well that, this season. But we'll see what happens. Maybe they get they quickly get things situated and win another title. But at this no. point, I think it's all Dortmund. I'm hoping for their demise. I, I mean, you can't Me make too. this decision. It's it's egotistical. Um, and again, I do think there's a pettiness to this. They didn't want, they didn't like that <laughs> Xabi Alonso beat them on the weekend. <laughs> so I was just like, all right, see you later. I, like, if you're going to sack him at the end of the season, all right, sack him at the end of the season. That's fine. Do what you do. Um, but to do it now, it, it just doesn't make sense. You probably have a really tough tie in the Champions League against City. Um, again, probably tailor made to beat City, but not a walk in the park. 
And um, yeah, I, I just, it, it irritates me and I don't even support Bayern Munich. So um, generally, I hope they win absolutely nothing because I want this to be the moment where everyone laughs at Bayern Munich for making this decision. After Dortmund wins the, the league and, and someone else wins the Champions League, it's, it's, it's irresponsible. And, and if anyone should be sacked, it should be the person that made this decision. And, and it's my belief that if there's a ripple effect to this, that person will be sacrificed for making this decision. I don't know who it is. And, man, Oliver Kahn, I love you. You're a great goalkeeper. I uh, hated you as a kid, but as a grown-up, I, I appreciated you as a goalkeeper. But if you made this decision, you got to go. That's all I'm saying. All right. Um, let's get out. Let's get the BS out of the way. You and me both had horrible weekends for our clubs. Um, you, <laughs> you, uh, you, you can have first jab at it. You lost to, to Juve in the Derby. Of Katu- I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. You lost to Juventus in the Derby uh, d'Italia. Um, uh, chaos infused suit. Not the level of chaos we saw in Rome, but of chaos. Uh, with a couple of, of red cards being handed out and a couple of um, shoulder arm goals. Um, but, but, uh, but to be fair, I think um, I'll, 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 I'll take my turn once more time, but, but what, what are your thoughts on, on the performance? What, 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 what happened? First of all, first we were robbed by those douchebags. They had a clear handball and the goal was given. But yet again, the referee did nothing. So where's this referee favoritism to a certain Juventus fan that I'll keep nameless because I respect them? All I'm going to say is if the shoe was on the other foot, the energy would have been completely different. Exactly. Like, if Inter had a handball, literally, and it was given, the, the, the person we all know were, who we're talking about would mm-hmm. complain about the referee's decision. But when it goes his way, it there's not a word. But in the end... I, 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 aside, aside from the refereeing decision, because do you, do you genuinely think you, should, you deserve to win that game, though? I would say, go to say, in the end, we didn't deserve, wouldn't have deserved anything from that game. We were wasteful, yet, again, there was no heart and determination. Just pretty much a lot of the same stuff that we've been seeing from Inter over and over again. And it doesn't help that a lot of our players have been injured. People refuse to give other players a chance to perform. Like, we purchased Islani, but he's barely had a chance to perform this season. When, But when he does play and stuff, if given the correct playing time, he is definitely a huge difference maker. So not playing him, injuries, and all these. And then, of course, you have... Lukashit not being physically fit and definitely worth wondering why the fuck did we get this mofo back from Chelsea? And overall, it was just an overall bad performance. And 
uh, it's getting to the point, like I said, I'm just sitting here waiting for the end of the season to the point where we then we can discuss what really needs to be done. But overall, we deserve nothing from this game. Yeah, maybe you can go get Nagelsmann since he's available now. Oh. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, people asked in my intergroup chat on Instagram saying, yeah, would you guys take Nagels, man? We were like, I'm, hell yeah, get him over here. I'm, I'm sure he's. you won't be his first choice, but he's out there. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just assuming that Inzaghi will, will walk on his own or be told to go home. Um, okay, so here, uh, there's only other thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask about this, but, but – um, um, Okay. Okay. So your your vibes or whatever your performances in the Champions League are up here, um, and then uh, your performances in the league are down here. You can't see me, but you, you can guess with the the, the the motion I'm I'm giving. What? What? Why do you think this is? Because I can't figure it out. Your guess is as good as mine. To be honest with you, like even I can't pinpoint. Why we've been doing so well in the Champions League, but have struggled so much within the league. It just doesn't make any sense. Because if you if your team who's in the league and the Champions League at the same time, usually a lot of the teams that are in there perform very consistently between both competitions. There's the word I was supposed to use. But... It just doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's just the atmosphere of, like, maybe the goal this season really wasn't to win the league. Maybe it was to make finally make a huge push in European competitions, which is something that I haven't seen from Inter in my whole tenure because, obviously, I wasn't around during the 2010 trouble. But thank God. Maybe- Hey, at least I could have seen them cool Inter fans that annoyed the shit out of you. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, maybe that was the goal at this point. Once they realized that the league at a certain point was not going to be doable. So maybe they just put all their eggs in one basket and says, okay, we're going to perform really good here, but take the foot off the gas here and save our momentum for the Champions League, which is the only one of the few things that we could still get. So maybe that's the logic. But if that wasn't the case, then, like I said, your guess is as good as mine because it just doesn't make sense. I get that. But the, here, here's where I draw the line. Spezia, Monza, Sampdoria are three mm-hmm. games that you, you uh, failed to pick up points. Udinese aren't, aren't what they were at the beginning of the season, but you also lost to Udinese. You also also lost to to Roma without Mourinho. I, don't, I still can't. I don't know how that happened. Um, because if you look down the results and the, the I mean, Lecce, you won that game beginning of the year, but it took you into the 97th minute to 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 win that game. So you're looking at all of that. It's the like to me. It's, it's the problem to me isn't isn't just oh you're not doing this. You should be winning the league because. You have the best team. Now, are you playing the best? No, but but player for player, you have a better team than Napoli. But Napoli are playing better than everybody. Um, and I don't know. I, I think it's those sort of situations that maybe they're playing up to the competition in the league and or in the Champions League and can't deliver 
in the league. I mean, you look at the the performances. I'll be honest. We'll get into the Porto thing. You weren't great in those two, but in the group stage, again, I thought you played reasonably well against Bayern. Now, nobody was going to beat Bayern in that group, in my opinion, but you played well enough against Bayern Munich. You look at the the games against Barcelona. You beat them there, and you got a what was that three three draw. Those that's the Inter Milan that we haven't seen. We saw you play that way in the Saudi Arabia Cup uh, <laughs> against um, uh, against uh, AC Milan. You look great when you played against when in the Derby. You you played great, but it's like everything else is just like wishy washy a, a bit. And I I don't know. It's because it, I can't even say, oh, they need to get this player, this player, this player. No, they just need to play. <laughs> they just need to play better because the team, the team is is um, oh well, good enough, um, and so on. And and I saw a fight and inter- determination from Inter, but it was during what it was during the the fight at the end, <laughs> more than in the game. Yeah, I um, went to a football match and a wrestling, a death match wrestling. No, no, okay, <laughs> uh, that was my next point. Your match wasn't death match wrestling. Your finish was death match wrestling. Our match. I don't even know what that fucking is, but I'm just saying our match was from start to finish death match wrestling. This was the, I mean, it was just outrageous. Some of the tackles that we were doing uh, on each other, the, the, I mean, uh, as I'm going to talk about this and then, uh, then I'll give your opinion on it. And then we're moving on. Cause I don't want to talk about this more than after. Um, obviously. Um, a, uh, okay. First I'll do this. I'll, I'll get, say some nice things. And then I'm going to sound like a bitter Roma fan that's upset that they lost the Derby. Um, so, first thing first, I think sorry and what he's done with this with this Lazio team has been tremendous. I think you look at where they were with Nzagi and the way they've taken steps in the right direction. Uh, they they played an unbelievable performance. I think their game plan was was excellent. They put Roma in the box. It kept the ball in that area and only on very few opportunities. On the other side was Roma that threatening. I think they played a perfect game plan. Uh, again, were they doing much with the ball when they got into the attacking areas? Honestly, no. They had that one chance with um, Zakani, who hits that great strike. Other than that, Roma weren't really threatened, other than maybe one or other two other chances. Um, I think that they were uh, they're great. They they deserve to at least get a point from that game, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I, the performance in the game plan and what Sarri has done with Lazio, there's something to be said about that. They're in second place for a reason. They deserve to be in second place. Um, and I'm going to wash my mouth out for saying that. Um, now let's 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 talk about this game because it was it was vicious from all angles, except it was only viciously being called by one side. Uh, uh, Bellati elbowed in the face. No, nah, that's okay. Don't, keep keep playing. Stepped on his. He's getting stepped on, clawed on, thrown to the ground. Elbow. I mean, he was just being beaten to death by these Lazio um, gentlemen players. Okay, I don't want to get you know kicked off the air. Um, but if if you saw uh, my post from 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 Sunday where I said I, I want to throw Savage into a volcano. That was one of the things that prompted uh, my uh, explosives at that moment. Um, but it was, it wasn't being called down the middle. Um, every time, you know, the, the red card by Ibanez was ridiculous. It, it shouldn't have been a yellow card. You could say it's a foul, sure. 
but it definitely was not a, a worthy a red card. You're reduced to 10 men. Then you, you see guys like um, Zaccani and Alberto who had yellow cards already, who should have been sent off half an hour ago. And you look at the way it was played. It was vicious. There were five red cards. Um, two of them happened at the end of the game. Two of them were two assistants. And then obviously on the pitch, it was just a Banyas. But you look at the, the tackles and the, the – it was just dirty play. And, again, Roma's no innocence here. Roma was provoking them the entire time. But Lazio was actually displaying dirty um, qualities when they were, when they were, when they were performing and, and on the match. And it was as vicious and it should be. From a, a mutual, you, you have to love that game because you see the derby and the hatred of the derby rise. Because it's not that we haven't hated each other, but it hasn't been on display like that all that often over the recent years. And obviously, I, I don't like that Lazio are, uh, beat, uh, did the double against us for the first time since 2011. But you look at, you look at the way that the, it was played. There was, there's a clear level of hating each other from Lazio and Roma's players, from the fans, from, from everything. Um, again, there was some racial stuff happening from Lazio fans, but, but what else is new? Um, and then coming into this, and, uh, and Roma did not put together their best performance but they did get a goal that was incorrectly disallowed that would have at least got us a, a point. And um, it was just a, it was a rough day at the office for Roma, but, but the, the, the manner of which the game was being played, the manner of, of which it was being called was in, unprofessional. But again, I think Syria uh, as, as a whole needs to just accept that our referees suck and, uh, and it's not going to get better. Um, that's the third game in a row. Um, that that this has happened. Don't get me started on, on Berardi kicking Kambula twice, but then then he gets kicked back from, from from the week before and not even getting booked. I mean, that's that, I don't know what kind of horseshit this is, but that's that's not okay. He's a cheat, and guess what? He plays. He doesn't get suspended. Syria doesn't doesn't uh, evaluate the situation. Then the next game, he he scores a goal, which he shouldn't have had because he should have been suspended. Um, but nonetheless, it's it was just it was it was just horrible. Um, but um, yeah, it was just it was just horrible. It should have been a draw, but it wasn't a draw. I don't think they deserve to win. But again, sometimes you need a stroke of luck to win a game like this. And uh, yeah, all right, I'm done talking about this. What were your thoughts on that? Oh, uh, I mean, game? I mean, that's some. I I'm actually happy to see that they were able to get that hatred. And you, which really showed on the pitch, because like you said, it hasn't been seen in quite some time. So you could to see that hatred really bubbling up in this match proves on how important this derby actually is. Um, but yeah, bullshit calling. I mean, and I do agree that our referees do suck. So, uh, Bundesliga, can you do your matches just like Friday? And Saturday, and get those out. Or we would have to play all of our matches on one day. <laughs> yeah, so we'll play all of our matches on one day on Sunday and say, yo, we need you Bundesliga refs over here on Sunday. So to make sure we actually get some fair officiating up in this bitch. But it's like, but in general, you, I would be pissed off as, if I was a Roma fan just on how things went. And but because I think Roma deserves something from this match, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. And to see 
things going one-sided is absolutely egregious in honor of our friend Ryan. As I was saying, it's just it was just an awful match calling-wise, and Roma should have gotten something from this match, but it just was the bad calling at the end and during the whole entire match in general that cost Roma this match. Yeah, we're, and the worst part is the international break came directly afterwards, so we have to sit on this for another week. Um, in other news, uh, my sister's boyfriend is no longer allowed to be in Rome during the Derby. <laughs> I mean, sorry, man. I mean, you, you're, the, you there, you're there. We lose for the first time in, uh, in 10 years, the double. All love, but yeah, you just don't go back there during the Derby. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't really. We don't really need to get into any Serie A other stuff because it, the rest of the league is kind of redundant. Uh, AC Milan lost to Udinese. Ooh, uh, <laughs> whatever. Um, all right, we haven't talked about this because we hadn't recorded. I don't think before even the first leg. Um, so give me. Well, we we spoke, but not on camera. Uh, but but we um, give me what what your thoughts were over the two legs over Porto, um, and. Uh, just overall, what you thought from from the round of sixteen, and you can speak on getting into the quarterfinals if you wish as well. Um, first and foremost, Inter did a very good job over the the first leg. Obviously, Porto and even any team that comes from Portugal is not going to be an easy feat to like go up against. And I mean, in the first leg. They were try. It was mostly Porto playing a very, very defensive game, even though they did have some times where they were attacking. But it was mostly defensive because it they know Inter are more of an attacking style team, so they were trying to prevent any chances from getting finding the back of the net. But I think it was Martinez who found the gave Inter the one zero lead. Actually, no, it was Lukaku. Oh, wait, it was Lukaku. Sorry, my bad. But the, he, he comes in, gives into the 1-0 lead. And, of course, Porto continued to maintain their defensive stance. And that was after the first leg. So the first leg, it, it, what? I was going to say, now we switch to Portugal. Well, and Give me the breakdown of that one. Same, it was kind of the similar concept with Porto. They Except came polar in, opposite, but it, it was polar opposite a little bit. We played more of a defensive. We played more defensively while they were trying to attack to get something back, but our defensive was defense was able to hold strong and to thwart any other attacks that they threw at us. Um, and also, I'm gonna give. Get to give them them roses to, uh, in my opinion, Inter Milan signing of the season, which is I'm just gonna say it now, Onana. I mean, if this was Handanovic, this uh, it would have been game over at this point. Five one, <laughs> it would have been like five one dead ass. Because he hit that, they hit that they hit the crossbar three times in the last two minutes. <laughs> exactly. So Onana literally was also one of the reasons why we didn't end up conceding. Um, but I mean, 
it, if by the time the match second leg ended, we got what we needed. It, even if it was just a, a goal, it sent us through to the quarterfinals, which I'm going to say it feels really good because I've never seen a quarterfinals yet. So I'm really excited about making it this far. And I do believe we will, even though we, it's going to be another tough customer but in Benfica, but if we are able to do what we did last time, get that a couple, one or two goals early and just maintain our defensive aspect of the game the rest of the time, I highly believe that we are freaking going to the semifinals. And then, of course, depending on how thing the draw goes, if we get like Ch- Chelsea or AC Milan or Napoli, Just sorry, have- che- che- Chelsea's on the other side, so no, we'll either I- be Nat. It'll be Napoli or, or, or uh, AC Milan if you go through. So we would get an all Italian final, a semifinal, my bad. Mm-hmm. But it would just be really cool. And then if we get AC Milan, we're already going through to the finals because AC Milan have been shit, way more shit than we have. But, you know, that that's nothing new under the sun. But, I mean, and then depending on who we get in the finals – uh, for me, at that point, if we get Bayern Munich or Real Madrid, for me, it would just be awesome just to have made it to the final. But I think we do have what it takes to win this whole damn thing. And I'm just going to say it to all the Inter fans who are going to go doubt, make the doubts, do that. Well, you know, fuck you guys. I'm hyping up this team because this is our team and we should be fucking getting behind them 110%. So... I'm just excited to see what the next chapter holds in this cha- this tournament against Benfica, but it's good. Like I said, it's going to be hard, but it is doable. It is doable. I'll give you that. <clears throat> but the range of difficulty is going to be much more severe. <clears throat> and here's why: Benfica and Porto, obviously in the same league. Duh. Benfica are like eight points clear of Porto. They've beaten them twice this season pretty handedly, I, I believe. Um, they've lost in the last 18 months. They've lost Nunez, um, who went to Liverpool. They lost Enzo Fernandez, who uh, Chelsea paid whatever they paid. Um, and there's no – there doesn't seem to be any drop-off whatsoever. They're still – they went to back – they've been to back-to-back um, quarterfinals. They gave Liverpool a real test um, last year. Um, and no disrespect, I think Liverpool's last year team is better than your this year team. Um, but there's there's a lot of things you're going to have to answer for. I think Benfica is as difficult as it gets because I think, personally, whoever wins this goes to the final. Because now Napoli is better than you, but they, you match up well with them. So for that reason, I think you'd have a shot to go to the final. If AC Milan comes through, um, it's either um, – you know, narrow uh, loss to Inter or axe murder by uh, Benfica. Um, the problem is, yes, Porto is very explosive. They have certain things. Octavio did not play the second leg, which helped, which helped you substantially. Um, there's this certain players that Benfica have that will be difficult to deal with. Uh, you have not played against a a 20 plus goal scorer this season in the attack in the attack, other than Victor Osman. You, but in the Champions League groups. You did not come up against a striker like 
I guess you did at, at the beginning, but that was that was months ago. Uh, Giancarlo Ramos has um, twenty five plus goals this season. Um, I think you'll remember him because what he did to your Switzerland in the World Cup uh, hat trick. Um, so again, you guys have good defenders. I'm not doubting that, but that's that's a tall task there. Because again, El Serbi is a is all right. But if you play a Serbi against him, that's a problem because a Serbi is is, is slower than me. <laughs> um, so there's going to be a, a, a significant uh, challenge with trying to maintain him. Then you have Jao Mario, who used to play for Inter, who's probably looking to settle a score, who, by the way, has 17 goals this season. <clears throat> um, then you have uh, David Neres, a guy who used to play for Ajax on the Ten Hag teams, who's having a good season. Um, to me, it comes down to one very particular thing. It's whether or not you can maintain that level and handle yourselves in Portugal. Because you have to win in, in Italy. Even a goalless draw is a bad, is a loss. you got to get the result in Italy. Now, I don't know which one comes first. I don't know off the top of my head. But Portugal, going to uh, Benfica's arena is not easy. Um, you look at, I mean, you're, you're better than Bruges, but, but they put, I think seven past Bruges in Portugal. So going to Portugal and trying to handle Benfica in their house is going to be a problem. They're allowed, they're obnoxious and they, they get behind their team. It's going to be a different type of environment that Inter have faced this season. And so it's going to come down to lots of variables, but I think Benfica does present a bigger threat than a lot of people are really, um, considering but again as a fan that you got to the quarterfinals you should be that you can go and make the semifinal and final and again if you get to the final you play real madrid at that point you just kind of have to say we could win but it's real madrid but you know but you still should back your team and feel the belief that you have behind them into the the later rounds and uh and hopefully you you come home with a um with the Champions League, which we're all hoping for, because then Zaghi will stay, and then it gives chances for other Italian clubs to to, to finish oh. ahead of Inter again. Yeah, I see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> no, look, I don't want. Okay, I, I don't want to explain this again. AC Milan is the only team I'm interested in seeing win the Champions League. Any of the other any of the other Italian teams, I don't care. I, I know people don't like this, but I don't cheer for teams. On Wednesday, that would cheer against. Sorry, not Wednesday. I don't. I guess yeah, they do play Champions. Never mind. I don't cheer for teams on Wednesday that I will cheer against on Saturday. So here's this is the reality of how I view cheering for Italian teams. If they do well, I'm happy for the league as a whole and the way it's progressing. But if 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 one of these teams that I cheer against on the weekends makes the final, I want them to get. I want them to get their head cut off. I don't care. Look, it doesn't make any sense for. For any Assyria fan, again, I'm not judging people who do this, but it doesn't make a lot of sense for for us to to cheer for a, a team on Wednesday that we will want to get destroyed on on Saturday and Sunday. So that's why I'm not going to cheer for an Italian team, regardless. Now I picked Inter, so if Inter make the final, I want to, them to be win, kind of, because I want to be correct. But I'd rather be incorrect. <laughs> Then have Inter win the Champions League. 
um, if Napoli wins the Champions League, I'm I'm just I'm I'm, I'm disappearing forever. Uh, but I don't want any of the other teams. AC Milan I have respect for, obviously. So that's a team I'd be interested in seeing win the Champions League. But outside of those um, three, I'm not going to be cheering for the Champions League just because they're Italian. Um, if you don't like that, too bad. I just don't. I don't. I don't. I don't understand the logic behind. Oh, this is a this is an Italian team playing against a different team on 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 Wednesday. But it's a team I'm going to cheer adamantly cheer against in a few days time. I'm going to I'm going to cheer for teams that I would cheer for on a, any day. So if I cheer for you, if I want you to do well in the league in Italy, I'll cheer for you in, in Europe. But if not, no, then screw you. <laughs> um, anyway, th- speaking of uh, Napoli, Napoli get the, the business done against Frankfurt. Um, what are your thoughts on Napoli's, uh, I guess, first victory in the knockout stage? Congratulations, you still suck. We don't like you. Piss off. But, I mean, they did what they came in, took care of business. And Frankfurt, what did great last season, but just had been really struggling a little bit. They've been doing okay this season. No, they've been doing good. They're, they're, they're gonna, they're doing, in the league, they're doing way better than last season. But in Europe, it's just whatever. whatever you, get, you get what I'm saying. Yep, and but in general, they've been very, I would say, inconsistent in certain aspects. So I can't think that was a little bit of their downfall and on why they didn't make it to the quarterfinals. But I mean, for the most part, they did do a great job to get into the round of sixteen. But I think their main priority is the league right now. So I think it's just one of those situations where Napoli are trying to fight tooth and nail to get things done. And they did just that. Yeah, obviously, uh, Frankfurt um, has hit a a slump in the league. And I think it's affected their Champions League performance. Um, Obviously, having your your best player send off for absolutely no fucking reason doesn't help either. Um, If you watch the first leg... The po- two players go for the ball. They both get hurt. Why does only one player get sent off? That makes no sense. Um, I don't want to talk about this because I'm just going to brush over it. And I just want you to give a few thoughts on it afterwards because I think it's important to talk about. Um, where this, this matchup was not about the match. It was about the chaos that ensued. Um, first, obviously, Frankfurt was banned from attending the game for no reason. Right? We know this. There was, no, there was no actual reason to ban the fans from going to the Napoli game. Frankfurt fans are insanely crazy. Um, and they said they were doing it for the safety of – because they were going to be attacked or whatever. Um, then, uh, again, nothing here is okay from either side. Again, um, attacked uh, – Napoli fans attacked a bus that was holding Frankfurt fans. Uh, they threw uh, rockets, bottle uh, flares, different things at them. Um, and then they got into it with them in the city. And then obviously Frankfurt said, uh, <laughs> watch this. We're just going to destroy everything. <laughs> um, not a laughing matter. Um, horrible, despicable behavior for Frankfurt to retaliate like that. Um, but we can't come out of this as Napoli fans being uh, victims uh, because they they also attacked fans. They also attacked the bus, things like that. Um, and I'll, I want to say is IFTV, all these outlets – didn't say a fucking thing about the bus being attacked. 
yet they made it everything about, oh, Frankfurt fans did this, this, and this. Again, nobody's a good guy in this situation, but how the, the fact that they're, we're only talking about what, what, um, what, Nat, what Frankfurt did to this, the city of Naples, and we're not talking about the fact that Frankfurt fans attacked oh, – sorry, uh, Napoli fans attacked Frankfurt fans too – that that's completely ignored out of the story. I think you, you how do I put this nicely? Um, it, it shows a lack of character when you only cared about one thing and not the other. It was like selective outrage. They decided to be outraged by what, what Frankfurt did, but not what Napoli did. And I think that's a big problem. Just give me a few thoughts on the I mean, I'm just going to reference a good, the good book, otherwise known as the Bible, you reap what you sow. I mean, if you're going to go out there and, like, prevent Frankfurt fans from coming into the stadium, yes, I understand it was for the safety, but to go and attack their bus and not expect retaliation from Frankfurt, you got to be out of your mind. Because if you're going to do something to someone... <laughs> you better expect there would be repercussions and don't make yourself to be a victim when you kind of earn that shit. So either way, this was just a horrible display on both sides. I mean, this is football. We need to be, obviously there's going to be a lot of hatred in derbies and certain matches, especially in European competitions has the knockout stages usually go on and progress throughout but you still have to be show some sort of level of respect i mean i'm not saying you can't hate your rival you can hate your rival all you want i hate ac milan with a fucking passion i mean i want to throw savage into a volcano <laughs> like literally right but but in the end i still will show some some sort of like class and respect and not do something totally stupid like that. I mean, that's it's just a horrible look, especially for us Serie A fans to like see. Oh, these Serie A people are doing this. Why would we want to go to a league where fans disrespect each other? So, in the end, I say it's like a karma situation. You did this, and now you got your come up. It's so. Yeah. I mean, Frankfurt took to another level. They didn't need to. It was inappropriate for both. Napoli fans should be banned. Frankfurt fans should be banned. And I'm not even saying the bans need to line up, but there should be puni- There should have been punishments on both sides, not just one. And again, I have a problem with certain publications of Italian prowess only acknowledging half of the story and leaving out important details. Um, but that, it is what it is. Uh, let's just move on. But again, that, that clash... I guess that, that, that matchup was more about what happened afterwards in the fans in the streets and stuff like that than the actual match. And that's the, that's, that's the fault of both sets of fans, but let's not try to make this about one sets of fans or the other. It was both. You both were horrible. You both suck. Let's move on. And it's not like Napoli hasn't done this before or hasn't done things like this before. So I think the, just uh, the selective outrage needs to, needs to just go away. You keep it. Both, both need to be punished in one way or another. All right. Uh, Dortmund, uh, Dortmund, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea, um, Chelsea go through. Uh, Brandt gets injured 15 minutes into the second leg. I think that affects it. 
but what are your overall thoughts on the tie? Because I thought this was actually a very competitive one. I mean, <laughs> definitely very competitive on both sides. I mean, both of the teams played well defensively. Their midfields were servicing their respective attacks to try to get something going. But overall, it was just... I mean, I found this one very entertaining to keep an eye out on. I mean, it just sucks that Brandt got injured again, but for the most part, they did whatever they could to get into the quarterfinals, but Chelsea just had a little bit more uh, determination to get into the quarterfinals. But overall... Definitely fun to watch, and if you haven't watched it, keywords go down Paramount Plus and scroll all the way down and watch them replays. Yeah, um, I, I think that was good. I think there's some controversy in the second leg, and I think uh, the game drastically changes when Brand is no longer there. You see that if you saw the Schalke game, you know that Dortmund and and uh, without Brand is not the same. Again, they this they they rebounded against Cologne uh, last weekend. Um, but they're just not the same. They don't they don't pose the same type of threat. And and without him in the game, I think Dortmund really struggled to kind of um, figure themselves out and get into those moments and, and deliver uh, when needed. Um, but you know, Chelsea has can can are, can easily say okay, fair. But uh, Conte was injured and Thiago Silva was injured, and they had they had lots of injuries as well. Um, on top of that. Um, so it's, it's, I don't think it's fair complaint to, to bring that up, but I do think that Dortmund's energy was sucked out when, De, when Brent went off injured after 15 minutes, again, in those 15 minutes, Chelsea still looked better, but I'm just, uh, highlighting a very particular point. Um, but, but all good. Um, all right. Uh, Real Madrid, <laughs> Liverpool. Um, now if you're going to watch anything from this, from this round of 16, um, that first leg, where Liverpool had um, Real Madrid, you know, down two after 14 minutes and Real Madrid just go watch this and goal after goal after goal. And they put five past them. You know, again, this is not a great Real Madrid team, um, but it's just the mentality. This is their competition. They, they're, they, they just have that mentality to win these games. and They've always done this. They have the culture of winning these trophies time and time again, uh, looking for go back to back. Um, Again, bad. It was a horrible performance after those first two from Liverpool. They go to the Bernabeu. Benzema uh, scores another to make it 6-2 on aggregate. Liverpool just flame out after being in total control. It's a total collapse, but Madrid uh, Madrid are different. Again, you can't say revenge again and again and again and again. This is how revenge works. You play each other once, you lose. You play each other a second time. If you win, it's revenge. If you lose again, revenge is no Revenge is no longer on the table anymore. So uh, Liverpool, again, they've been having a struggling. They've, they've picked it up recently, but they've not had a good season. And Ramager just did what champions do and, and sent them packing again. Um, this is the third knockout, fourth knockout related situation where they've sent them home. So Real Madrid do what Real Madrid does and Liverpool collapse from a two goal lead in the first leg. Yeah, I mean, this just proves how, how why Real Madrid are one of the top teams in Europe. And they come out and destroy Liverpool. But, I mean, in essence, you can't really – you can, can't really fault Liverpool 
in in a way because they have been dealing with just injury upon injury. Like I think one of their players re- came back in like not even two weeks to a month being back. He get that same player has gotten injured again. So I mean, and when it's your main starters who are out routinely, it's just going to be hard to compete. Not just within the league, but also European competitions as well. And it has really reared its ugly. I would say its ugly face. And it has really has actually that was the main reason that Liverpool tanked out is because they were just so physically fatigued and they really had no one else to rely on because a lot of their key starters are out. So I mean, it was like just basically. Try not to get beat up too bad, even though we're probably going to get beat up really bad. But sh- should so, they not? Should they have not hold their nerve with a two-goal lead? And remember, Allison passed the passed the ball into the foot of somebody or something like that, and there was no defending on uh, Real Madrid's third goal. I mean, I get what you're saying. They've had a rough season. They've not been good pretty much anywhere until recently. They've had a bunch of injuries. They're, they're dealing with so many things. They have old male man uh, Mildner in the midfield. They just, uh, they're just not it this season. But, again, they did have a good position. Uh, but my favorite thing from this is, oh, Anfield's the most ferocious place to play football. Um, everybody's scared of Anfield, which is nonsense because – Real Madrid scored five against at Anfield, and there are more difficult places to play. It is hard to play there, but there are – I can name a few others that are much more challenging. But I do think that Liverpool – I understand the point that they, they're, they've they been worn out this season, but they did also collapse from a, 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 um, a good position. Um, anyway, let's not – let's, let's, let's just not uh, spend too much because it's – Totally boring and not fun at all. Uh, <laughs> City, City, and um, and uh, Leipzig, Leipzig one one, uh, and then Erling Holland decided to score five goals in Champions League game in the most unimpressive five goals showing ever. Um, again, fair play, impressive, good positioning, good goals, but they were they were chip shots. Um, yeah. So, what were your thoughts on on all that? <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna take too much time. I'm just going to say yeah, it was definitely not one of the ones to watch but in the end Erling Holland just continues to annihilate the back of the net like it's nothing and they get their ticket punched to the quarterfinals and it was just Leipzig couldn't really get back into it after the Erling Holland crazy show so yeah all right all right you know what i i, I you know i'm not i i want to talk about something else because this is something i've talked about with myself and i talked about with ryan and a few other people now we understand you'd agree that what uh, uh erling Hahn is a goal scoring machine and is just doing shit that's cartoonish would you agree with that agreed all right so uh, this is what i want to say Erling Holland is amazing. He's having a historic season. He's making the Premier League look like, like uh, dribbling at the sandbox. But he's—I uh, don't like saying it because it's mean. I think he's boring. If you look at those five goals, none of them were difficult. <laughs> it's just like Man City just pinning the ball back of the net, pinning the ball back of the net. When he was at Dortmund, he was coming out of the air, 
with the th- with the overhead kick <laughs> banging into the top corner. He would beat his man off <clears throat> off the dribble and launch it from from large distances. He would rise against uh, above everyone, head or back. I mean, he was a human highlight film of Dortmund. Now Dortmund got better without him, but is it fair to say that um that he as good as he is, he's boring now, um, and he's he's not as intriguing as a footballer because of it. Uh, just give me your thoughts on that. Well, I actually will agree with you and Ryan on this whole entire subject. He, I mean, when he was in Dortmund, he was fun to watch, but now that he's in the Premier League and the competition is way different, he's just going out there and making scoring goals like no, nothing. And it's just not fun to watch. Like, he's, I think it was like before the international break, he like had a hat trick. And I'm like, no he one has cares. Eight he has eight goals in his last two games. Like, like nobody yeah. freaking cares. It's like go back, just hide in your home somewhere, and let like Phil Foden score or some shit. You're not fun anymore. Well, he's he's good, and we care that he's doing this. He's historic landmarks. Just from a visual standpoint, <laughs> it's just not as fun. And it's not the Premier League, actually. It's Man City. It's the way they're set up. It's the players that they have. He doesn't have to do anything. He just has to be in the right position and scores goals. And he deserves credit for the positioning. He's a gr- he's been great at positioning, but he's just a goal scorer. He's not. Again, I want the- Dortmund Holland was a human highlight film. You could not skip a Dortmund game because you didn't know what this dude was going to do. Come out of nowhere and just, you know, if you see the goal that he scored against Schalke in the Revere Derby, where just it's, it's a, uh, it's a cross. He picks it out of the air and, Things into the top corner with a scissor kick is just outrageous. Um, all right, am I missing anyone? Uh, but Bayern PSG, I think this is classic. Again, Bayern got th- are gonna implode because they sacked the manager, but but uh, team and individuals against a complete team, I think we saw a huge difference between the two, and obviously, Delit with a with a goal line save in the second leg changed the complexion of the game as well. I thought the PSG are are the chokers of the Champions League, and they continue to be the chokers of the Champions League. And Bayern Munich showed uh, that they are the complete team. Now, with a, with, with a different manager, they won't be. But, but they are, at least at that point. That was, that was the last masterclass of, of, of Julian Nagelsmann. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? I mean, in general, that w- it was PSG being PSG versus the complete team. PSG continue to show why they're the bottle jobs and what, and it also showed why Bayern continued to get the business done in the league. Obviously, that'll change now that they changed their manager with only a few weeks left of the season. And there's going to be at this point, just you lost all consistency going forward. And but it was nice to see. Bayern doing so well while it lasted, but I can't wa- wait to sit back and watch the carnage. All right, so we got we got AC. Just give me your give me your uh, where you're heading with with these. Um, uh, Inter, sorry, Inter. I'm I'm not, I don't even going to ask you that because you're just going to say Inter because. Um, but I would say the same. I was, I probably would say the same. Um, the other the other Italian uh, quarterfinal, Napoli, AC Milan. Um, Napoli's performances 
AC Milan's DNA. What what way are you kind of pulling up on that one? I mean, I'm going to have to say Napoli because in regards to how these teams have been performing, Napoli by far are way better than AC Milan in all aspects. They know how to they know exactly where to put their players. Unlike poor, poor, poor Charles over at AC Milan, who constantly gives played out of position when he could be scoring goals left and right, he gets stuck in the bloody midfield. And AC Milan have just been plagued with injuries lately, and just they've I would say they've been losing their like energy, and so whereas Napoli week after week has been putting in the work and getting the results. So I would say Napoli get to the next round. Yeah. You know, it's sad when virtual AC Milan uh, is better than actual AC Milan because I'm, I'm doing a, a FIFA career mode where, where I play with Lecce. I played AC Milan in, on my game uh, a few nights ago. And guess where Charles were playing? Striker. Guess what his position is in the game? Striker. Apparently that that news has not traveled to the AC Milan heads. Um, and obviously I, I, I fully expect Pioli to be gone, but I think uh, Charles is being slagged off and I, I don't know if he'll be able to recover it. I hope so, but he should be given a chance to play up top because that's what he is. Um, I, I can't pick a, Napoli though because they've, they, they've, they're not experienced. AC Milan... May not be a better team, but we've seen countless times in this competition where the team with more experience, the team that has the winning intangibles, the team that has Champions League in the DNA prevails. Now, I, I think Napoli are full well capable and may actually go through, but I'm not going to pick against uh, 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 AC Milan just because of the Champions League DNA because Napoli haven't proven they can go further. When they do that, now if they make the semifinal, probably, I'll probably adjust that, but that's where I'm at right now. I'm at right now. Um, I'll say I'll say Benfica beats Inter, but if Inter beats Benfica, I think they win the Champions League. Um, so that's all I'll say about that. Uh, on the other side, uh, Chelsea, Real Madrid, um, Graham Potter against uh, against um, Carlo. Um, they Real Madrid been bad in the Champions, or not not Champions, League, but in the league. Um, this is all they got. They're still Real Madrid. I got them going through. Yeah, I got Real Madrid going through as well. I mean, that's it's all they have right now. So I think Real Madrid are going to continue that European success. Um, oh, I hate this because my answer to this question would be totally different last week. Um, Obviously, with the second newly announcement, I think Man City will take care of Bayern Munich. I think it will be close, but I think they'll take care of it. Pep has already lost to two the Champions League final. He's not going to lose to him again. Um, so I, I have City going through, but only because of the change of the coach. If he was still there, I would pick Nagelsmann and Bayern to go through, but I got City. I'm going to get gutsy. I actually think that Tuchel will manage to get this team in line before that matchup. And I think Bayern will still have what it takes to get the job done, even though I think their league days are numbered. 
all right. Okay. Theor- uh, theoretically. Um, wait, sorry. Did I ask you about – sorry. Did you, did you think Real Madrid is going through against uh, Chelsea? Yes. Okay. Um, so, in that, in that situation, if it, if it comes to Real Madrid versus uh, Chelsea um, – sorry, Real Madrid versus Bayern, would you take Real Madrid over those two? I would take Real Madrid over Bayern. Okay, gotcha. I was just curious. Um, I would, uh, I'd probably do the same, but I do have City. All right, I'm, I'm not. We're not going to break it down, but I just wanted uh, to get uh, score predictions for um, uh, uh, Europa League um, um, left. Um, <clears throat> all right. Um, Juve uh, plays against Sporting Lisbon. Obviously, Sporting's going to win by like four or five goals. So I'm going to go six. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'll, I'll go Juve. I think Juve will get through. I think they're they're in good form. They're feeling it at the moment. I think they get through with Sporting. Yeah, I think they'll go through as well. All right, uh, Leverkusen um, and uh, Union Saint Gallies, who just knocked out Union Berlin. I think Leverkusen is. Uh, they're on the rise at the moment, playing fantastic football. Uh, Verts is back. Uh, Xabi Alonso has been the best young manager of the, of the world this season, at least over the last couple of months. I think they keep it going, and I think they they uh, they get through. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, Man United versus Sevilla. I think this is as fucking easy as it gets. Sevilla stink. Um, Man United do not. I know it's not perfect, but Sevilla have not been good this season. I, I just don't see a way where Man United go out against Sevilla. They beat, they beat Real Betis and they beat uh, Barcelona. I yeah, you know they're not going out to Sevilla. I got, I got Man United all day long. I actually I'm gonna go the opposite because this is literally one of Sevilla's favorite tournaments, and I think just the experience I have being in the Europe Europa League will be, they're like I call it the saving grace, if you will. And I think Sevilla will do what it takes to go through. Fair enough. I think it'll be over after 20 minutes, but that's just me. All right. Obviously, the matchup that, that gives me tr- trembles down my spine, uh, the rematch of the Conference League final from last year. I'm worried about it because Feyenoord just beat Ajax at the weekend. Um, <clears throat> and they are a much better team than the team we saw last year. We are also a much better team. I think we get through, but barely, because I am horrified of playing them. I think Final will beat everybody else. So if we beat them, I think we'll win, we'll, we, we'll win the Europa League. But I do think it's going to be as excruciatingly difficult as you could possibly imagine. I have no interest in going to, um, to Feyenoord in Holland to play them. I would rather play them anyways because they are they're in, they're very difficult to play away from home. We are very difficult to play at home, so it's gonna it's gonna be very close. And I think one or one or two goals settle it. Um, I just I just I just bank that Paulo Dybala will come up with a moment or two that will settle it. But I again I have Roma going through, but it's this is this is a no walk in the park whatsoever. I kind of am getting those same vibes as well. So, but I do think it's gonna be. Just the narrowest of margins, and Roma go through. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a 
I think everyone's going to concede in both. So I think it's going to be like a one, one, two, one uh, game, but I think Roma will get two at home and then they'll, they'll just get through away from home. And then, and then the rest is, is, is dice. Um, um, but um, yeah, that's all I have. Well, as uh, we usually say, this has been another edition of Deutschland Calcio. We'll see you on the next one.